Today, we're watching Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. After a terrorist cell captures the new Enterprise, Kirk, Spock, and McCoy find themselves on a mission to find God. From June 9th, 1989, it's Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, or Kirky Make Directorial Boom Boom? <laughs> All over it. He did indeed. I'm Cam, that's Dan, and we are the Mech Generation. did i had a great time this was so much better than i remembered it i i i I was like even the even the spock's half brother angle didn't really bug me i was like yeah okay it's a little bit of a cheat to like have him have a brother that nobody knew about although it did provide some of the best comedy the best unintentional comedy ever when they talked about losing a brother and shatner goes i lost a brother once too Good thing I got him back. And I was like, you lost another brother. You're <laughs> I know. Twin. I was like, I was like, is he going to open up? Did I forget about this? Oh, no, it's no, a joke. No. Okay. It's a joke. <laughs> you lost your identical twin you brother. You son of a bitch. Twin, and you don't even care. Nope. Not a single fuck was given. I think Spock cares more about Cybok than Kirk does about whatever the fuck his name was. Yeah, a hundred percent. Well, and I mean, this film actually starts a long tradition of <laughs> Vulcans having siblings that no one knows about because they don't talk about their family life. Ah. In fact, Spock has another sibling. Oh, really? That's the whole shtick of Discovery. Oh, isn't it? Isn't it like an adopted sibling, though? I mean, yes, she is a ward, but, ah. you know. Oh, my God. She's a, she's a Robin for the Spock family. <laughs> Since yep. they don't have a last name, I'm calling them the Spock family. <laughs> is do they have the, well, do they have like a house are they like house targaryen or something <laughs> no they don't have a house and supposedly spock is his, i mean it depends on who you talk to for some some people say that spock is his last name and that sarek is his last name and that the first name is unpronounceable because vulcan is hard but hmm. i don't know if that's true i don't know if i buy into that I don't know. That's not that's not really scratching my head cannon for me. <laughs> Same. Same. <laughs> okay. Well, I should probably do the thing. The crew of the newly commissioned USS Enterprise A are enjoying shore leave after the Starship Shakedown cruise goes very poorly. Everyone is down on Earth, save Scotty and Uhura. Wink. Yeah. <laughs> which i'm not gonna lie i love that pairing. i love it's, that pairing it just came out of nowhere i was like i have to have a whole separate slash discussion now <laughs> i am thrilled i'm just courtney's sitting next to me she goes what i'm like scotty and ahura and she's like i i don't understand what's happening <laughs> oh god all right. Anyway, the entire crew is down on the Earth at Yosemite's National Park. Yosemite National Park. The recently demoted Captain Kirk is free climbing El Capitan, metaphor, <laughs> and camping with Spock and Doctor McCoy. 
it goes rather poorly when Spock flies up to warn him to be careful. He plummets and Spock saves his life. They later <laughs> try Dr. McCoy's ancient family bean recipe and toast marshmallows and sing row, row, row your boat. Their leave is inter interrupted when the Enterprise is ordered by Starfleet Command to rescue the humans, the human Klingon and Romulan diplomats that are being held as hostages on the planet Nimbus 3. Learning of the Enterprise's mission, the Klingon, Captain Claw, decides to pursue Kirk for personal glory. I should also mention that Sulu and Chekhov are hiking somewhere. It was supposed to be Mount Rushmore, and they were going to do something really awesome, which I'll talk about later, but ran out of budget and time. This film was... <laughs> it's just... Uh, it's such a sad story. We will continue onward. On Nimbus 3 a planet of peace in the neutral zone, the Enterprise discovers that the renegade Vulcan Cybok is behind the hostage crisis. Cybok reveals the hostage situation was a ruse to lure a starship to Nimbus 3. Cybok wants to use the ship to reach the mythical planet Shakari, the place where creation began. The planet lies behind a seemingly impenetrable barrier near the center of the galaxy. He uses a mind meld to subvert the wills of hostages and crew members. After a scuffle, it is revealed that Cybok is Spock's half-brother. Whoa! Only Spock and Kirk prove resistant to Cybok. Spock is unmoved by the experience, and Kirk refuses the Vulcan's offer, telling him that his pain is what makes him human. Cybok reluctantly declares a truce with Captain Kirk, realizing that he needs his leadership experience to navigate the Enterprise. Tushakari! The ship successfully reaches, breaches the barrier, pursued by Claw's vessel, and discovers a lone blue planet. Cybok, Kirk, Spock, and McCoy join on the surface, where Cybok calls out to his perceived vision of God. A giant, incredibly cheesy entity appears, and when told of how, <laughs> when told of how Cybok breached the barrier, demands that the starship be brought closer to the planet. Closer. When a skeptical Kirk inquires, what does God need with a starship? The entity attacks him in retribution. The others then doubt a God who would inflict harm on people for pleasure. Realizing his foolishness, Cybok sacrifices himself and tries to feel God's pain in an effort to combat the creature and allow the others to escape. Intent on stopping the being, Kirk orders the Enterprise to fire a photon torpedo at their location. To little effect. Spock and McCoy are beamed back to the ship, but Claw's vessel attacked the Enterprise before Kirk can be transported aboard. The vengeful entity reappears and tries to kill Kirk when Claw's vessel incapacitates it in a hail of fire. Kirk is beamed aboard, sorry, beamed aboard the Klingon ship where Spock and the Klingon General Cord face Claw, force Claw to stand down. The crew of the Enterprise and the Klingon ship celebrate a new... Detente? Detente, Yes. Thanks, food poisoning, for making me look like an asshole. Kirk and Spock and McCoy resume their vacation at Yosemite, and so ends Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. Yeah, that was... So many twists and turns. Truly. Yeah. <clears throat> when I saw three people listed as story by credit in the opening crawl, I went... Oh, God. <laughs> and one of them was the Shat Man one, himself. <laughs> one of them was Shatner. And then when I saw directed by William Shatner, I went, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but I did a little digging. Turns out uh, Leonard Nimoy had done uh, a TV movie and two episodes of television before he directed The Search for Spock. 
Um, mm-hmm. And Shatner had directed 10 episodes of TJ Hooker. Yep. So he had, I think, total hours direct. I think he had a leg up on, on Nimoy for his big feature film debut in that regard. A few more hours behind the camera. Um, and it shows in his lighting choices and some of his framing choices where I was like, this is not, this is not your first rodeo. You're actually doing a pretty good job. I'm, I am relaxed now. (laughs) I'm glad. Well, and I mean, he had a rough go. First of all, guess who was supposed to play Cybok? Who? Sean fucking Connery. Oh my God. Oh my God. But he couldn't. I mean, the contracts were signed. It was done. But he couldn't because, you know, Indiana Jones was still being filmed. (laughs) But yeah, I thought that would bring joy to your heart. We're going to have to do a session later where we do all of Cybok's lines to Sean Connery. Uh, I have a feeling that's the only way I can read. I can read his quotes now. (laughs) Give me a pain, you son of a bitch. We all carry with us a secret pain from being smacked upside the head as a child, from mouthing <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's, but that's actually, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> In fact, Shakari is an homage to Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that one I like. That one I like. <laughs> I figured you would. <laughs> But yeah, so everything, they had a tight timeline and a tight budget, and Kirk had to work really hard to get certain people back. Like, you know, George Takei was not super fond of the idea of working for Shatner. Because, really? Oh yeah, no, they're, they've totally feuded and have been feuding for a very long time. And he maintains that he loved working under him in this movie. He maintained, despite his stresses that he was dealing with, a really fun and creative atmosphere Hmm. for everyone, which I love. And he... (laughs) Then, unfortunately, ILM, which had done the last, you know, four Star Trek movies... The last... No, they didn't do the first one, did they? Mm. They did... Anyway, they did a whole fuck ton of Star Trek movies... And couldn't do this one because they were tied up with Ghostbusters 2 and Indiana Jones. Uh... So, and then when Kirk, I mean, when Shatner saw the end result, because originally, like, you know, the after God started being pissed off, the world was supposed to open into the seven layers of hell and there were supposed to be rock monsters and it was supposed to be an epic standoff. And Ooh, that would have been terrible. I know. I know. Are you surprised? I'm not. Um, But he wanted to reshoot the ending with the god creature because he was so, so badly rendered and his eye bolts were so badly rendered, but they wouldn't give him the money. So he was like, well, fine. And then, I mean, (laughs) just looking at what else came out that year, that summer that it was competing with. Mm hmm. Ish is ridiculous. Somewhere in my notes. Oh, the uh, It was Batman, 1989, Jesus. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, License to Kill, Lethal Weapon 2, Ghostbusters 2, and Star Trek 5. 
I, I can see how people would be like, yeah, I've seen enough Star Trek. If I got to pick, I'm going to go see something else. Well, and it's really important to remember that The Next Generation was on the air at this point. And so, you know, they ended up thinking that <laughs> even though this is the original cast, people were more likely to stay at home and watch Star Trek than they were to go see Star Trek V multiple times. Right. What are, what are you going to pay for it in theaters for? You want Star Trek? There's Star Trek on TV, Bobby. I'm not giving you money for the movies no more. Yeah, that's pretty much it exactly. That's how the conversation went. <laughs> <laughs> don't know who Bobby is, but he needs to quit asking for so much money to go to the movies. Well, since you're so excited, Dan, why don't you tell me what you loved? Okay. I loved, um, aside from, we'll, we'll do a whole slash conversation, because this thing was slashy. It was, we have the slashiest moment to date. Oh, man. <laughs> Kirk. Jim, not in front of the Klingons. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, and it looked, it straight up looked like he was going to kiss him when he came up there. Yep, it did. I was like, is it going to (laughs) happen? Are we going to get to finally see? It's a friendship kiss. It wasn't even tongue. (laughs) We're like brothers. I mean, I slipped slipped you a little. (laughs) Isn't that what brothers do? Maybe that's why he doesn't like his twin. (laughs) He would never kiss me like a brother would. <laughs> oh, Kirk. Kirk, Kirk, Kirk. Anyway. So, uh, just pulling up my notes. One of my first notes is, Ahura and Scotty! All caps. Uh, but, um, I thoroughly enjoyed, even though the, the scene at the beginning is a little long with the um, the three of them, because I'm not counting the the opening opening scene with the with Sabak as like this rider of death, and then Toothless Joe. <laughs> That's who I <laughs> dubbed that character. Um, that whole thing, I, that scene made me go, "Oh boy, we're in for a treat." <laughs> but it was beautifully rendered. Mm-hmm. I mean, I must say they they did a great job of executing the Shat vision. Oh yeah, the the Shatner vision. <laughs> it's loud, <and> exciting. <laughs> Um, I, I liked the opening in, uh, Yosemite and their camping and Bones watching him through the binoculars. God damn irresponsible. (laughs) Come, come camping. It'll be relaxing. (laughs) And then Spock's clearly clearly 1980s uh, ski boots that they've just oh, added a little bit to. I was like, you did not try too hard with that props department. Um, but as I, as that scene unfolded, I was like, oh, this is a, this is a bit silly. This is a little bit, this is a little bit silly. But then by the time they were all around the campfire and we'd seen Sulu and Chekhov off um, and we'd seen Ahura and Scotty, um, I was so into it. I was like, oh man, yeah, we got like, they had their time travel adventure. They're still, they're not circling the drain towards retirement. It doesn't feel like they're on their way out, but they are all tastefully aging. Um, Ahura's hair looked wonderful. Uh, but I really enjoyed just the three of them hanging out camping. I was like, I'd watch an hour and a half of that. Of just them, <laughs> right? just them dicking around. Uh, <laughs> And then that 
that is my favorite moment that I was speaking of. And I think it might be my favorite moment in any Star Trek film. Yeah, it was it was wonderful. And to bookend the movie with that, I actually loved. And Row Your Boat was... I was like, is this accidentally profound? Because, you know, they're, they're, they're on a ship as... As the giant fucking steering wheel in Kirk's quarters reminded us repeatedly. <laughs> Remember <laughs> nautical stuff. You like Moby Dick. <laughs> um, but from there, the movie had really good pacing. Um, some of the it lighting choices were excellent. Like when they were on uh, Nibus 3 or Nimbus, whatever. Uh, the planet of galactic peace. The, the lighting in, like, the club, the um, Ahura's dancing to lure the right. guys away. I was like, oh, my God. That was amazing. No, I, I adored that part. And lots of people say that it's super cheesy, but I love Oh, it's part. utterly cheesy. Um, so is the horse riding bit. Um, be one with <laughs> well, the I horse. Mean, if you're going to have Shatner. Right. <laughs> yes, Captain. <laughs> If Harrison Ford and Sean Connery are riding horses this summer, I want to ride horses this summer. Well, okay, I mean, Bill. actually, every from now on, every movie that Shatner appears in, there have to be horses. It's kind of in its contract. So, well, I'm excited to watch uh, Generations with you in like three years. Yeah, me too. Um. But despite being uh, a, it's it's a cheesy movie. Like, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. There's there's plenty of cheese in here. Um, but it's the good kind of cheese. It's the kind of cheese that you want to spread over a baguette. Yeah, it's it's got a little funk to it. It's maybe it's got an edible rind that you're unsure about, but then you eat it and you're like, oh, that was a delightful little salt deposit. I appreciate that. Um, mm-hmm. I. I loved how the story moved and progressed, even though I could tell it had gone through a lot of iterations just by looking at a couple little things. They're, like, when they're all beholden the god at the end and everyone on the bridge is staring and then the camera just slow pans to the back and the warbird appears on the screen because the warbird has shown up to you know broken through the barrier i was like that's good fucking direction that is good cinematography that was uh, there's a lot of little moments that work super well lighting in the shuttle uh after they crash land the whole shuttle crash landing was great that was sulu's shining moment um the redemption of pavel chekhov Chekhov mm-hmm. didn't suck in this movie. <laughs> he did not. He handled his scandal. I was pleasantly surprised um, that he held his own and impersonated the captain uh, in uh, the communications of Cybox so beautifully. Uh, yeah, I was like, wow, Chekhov, way to not be, uh, way to not be terrible. And... <laughs> You know, Ohura got her moments as well. And Scotty was just pissed off the whole time. Just like, let me finish the fucking ship, you monsters. (laughs) (laughs) It's all I want. (laughs) Uh, When he breaks them out of the brig, I like, yes, a little cheesy, but 
totally, totally fantastic. I mean, it's like James Bond cheesy. Exactly. That's what it is. It was, it was like some of the better Roger Moore Bond movies. It wasn't as cheesy Mm -hmm. as some of the Connery ones get. Uh, Like it wasn't Moonraker bad where you're like, oh my God. (laughs) Um, It was, and I have to say that the whole confrontation with God, while it looked cheesy, if you just read the dialogue, was actually really good. It was very good. But my favorite moment um, was when Cybok tried to take away uh, McCoy's pain. And we got to see... I knew it would be. Um, yeah, that was that was really unfair, Star Trek. That was, uh, that was really, really, uh, a really dirty trick. Um, that was like, that was my hell. I was like, I, that is, that is the thing that keeps me up at night. That is the situation I foresee in the future for myself. And I cried like a little bitch, uh, like really (laughs) hard, like really sobby, ugly, keep it together, dude, crying. Um, and it just was your wife giving you side eye. <laughs> no, she gave me a comforting, reassuring pat because she's not a monster. Well, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> and she knows she's like, yeah, I know your dad's dying. I was like, yeah, it sucks. Anyways, um, it was in that moment that I I truly realized how much I am Leonard McCoy. <laughs> <laughs> I try to pass how myself. Much you love him. How much I pass myself off as a Shatner, but deep down, I'm, I'm really a McCoy, and I love him. I do love him. He's ugly as shit, but I love him. <laughs> I adore that man. Uh, it's so good. He's so good, and um, I know, we'll have a whole separate conversation about the slash. But I just want to scan my notes really quick to see if there's any major thing I loved that I'm missing. Hold on. Um. That we the reintroduction of the what becomes the next generation theme because I love that at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like Kirk's notion of you climb a mountain because it's there. That so speaks to their explorer mentality and just the nature of humanity. Um. <laughs> oh, that was it. Chekhov made me laugh. He's never made me laugh before. The whole blizzard <laughs> bit at the beginning. We seem to have I'm found so ourselves in a blizzard. <laughs> Chekhov. <laughs> <laughs> the sun has come out. It is a miracle. <laughs> I was like, okay, this is officially, this, sh- uh, this should be called Star Trek V, The Redemption of Chekhov. <laughs> it could very well be. Uh I also um another <laughs> this this show needs to make up its mind. Uh other people's ha- other people have families, Jim. You have a daughter. <laughs> McCoy has a daughter and and Shatner uh Kirk has a dead brother and they just are like we don't have family. We're each other's And family. a dead son. Yeah, and a dead son. Uh, and like, you know, 38 exes besides Spock. I know. It was, there's, that. we'll get into the, the bad more, but um, I liked him better before he died. 
<laughs> the the quotes the quotes just make it for me. I did like yeah. the Klingon subplot. It actually worked really organically. Um and and it was nice to have this looming threat in the background that um seemed totally justified by the story and was going to be paid off. Uh, anything else that I really loved? I did think that Cybok was alluring and had, he, had, he was, he, had a, he was very charismatic and seemed to legitimately help people to some extent. But I did, I did like the conversation about internalized pain and how much trauma does define who we are. Um, that was really that was really cool. It was. Yeah. Um the, it was the lovely. also it looked like at one point after the jailbreak that they were walking down a huge version of a Jeffers tube or a Jeffries tube. Isn't that what it, yeah. It was like mm-hmm. the biggest one we'd seen. It wasn't quite a hallway. It was definitely like a Jeffries tube. Um and that whole uh scaling and then rocket booting up all the decks was so dumb and so ridiculous, but I loved it because there's a blatant continuity error where they show deck 52 twice. <laughs> they go by deck 52 two times. Well, and there aren't that many decks. I know. <laughs> like up to deck 79. Uh, yeah, no, we will talk about that. Um. Yeah, but overall, I just I just loved this movie. Really like. I'm so glad. Uh, this, I it's definitely my favorite of the odd numbered Trek films, easily, and um, I think uh, I I think I like it more than Journey Home. You know. Well, I mean, you're not alone. There are people who like this movie. I like a lot. I like it a lot. Yeah, I was shocked. I was dreading it, but I I never quite had that uh, moment. I had some groans, but nothing terrible. Well, there we go. It's your groan factor. It's my Who groan factor. <laughs> Cameron, what what, I what also, did you love? I also forgot to mention that there was a rider strike and a grip strike during this movie. Oh so. God. <laughs> so yeah, it's a miracle anything happened at all. The Shat Man can deal with stress. Who'd have thought? Damn. Yeah. I love the locations. I love all of the dialogue. I also found Cybok incredibly alluring. And, you know, he was just, he was the fun Vulcan that we've always wanted. Mm-hmm. R- yeah. Really, really appealing. And especially if he can, you know, mind meld without touching you and make you feel your pain. That's next level. That's next level cult leadership. Oh, yeah. I was Um, like, that's just that's an effective way to run a cult. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I mean, he's basically running a cult anyway. Uh, Lawrence Luckenbill is his name, and he's just fantastic. He's also the son-in-law of Lucy and Desi Arnaz. So nice little, nice little tribute. Love that. There's all kinds of ties to this movie for people who go on to play and do amazing things in Star Trek. And I love that. I love, (laughs) I love that the ship is not put together well and that, you know, human ingenuity and human bullshit 
are still a constant problem. <laughs> Captain's log. <laughs> Boing, ling, ling. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun, though. That was basically a tablet. I know. That was fun. Um, I love Duhura singing and dancing. Um, it was overdubbed a little bit. Yeah. And and Michelle Nichols was pissed, but you know, they basically just added a lot of echo. But yeah, she performed the whole thing live because she's amazing. Damn. And I oh man, let's see. I also love the Klingon subplot and that we just get to see them as I mean, they're villainous, but they're also kind of rascally, and I love it. I love. And I love that we get. Sorry, go ahead. No, I just uh, the moment when they think they're contracting Starfleet Command, and it's been intercepted by the Klingons, and the one Klingon is speaking perfect Terran. That just that made me happy. <laughs> yes, it's definitely something that happens, and I love it. Um. I love that our Klingon general gets some redemption from being shoved on this planet. But I also really love the idea of this planet. You know, let's let's all make peace and prove that it can happen on this planet. And then it's a nightmare. Yeah, that it's just it's like, <laughs> clearly this is the tragedy of the commons. None of you actually own anything. And it's just this disgusting heap of desert trash. Yep. <laughs> it's in the neutral zone, though. It's fine peace in our lifetime (laughs) and i love spock toasting a marshmallow and truly them all singing row 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 your boat that's it just it's the best it touches me in a way that no star trek has film has before or since it's uh life is but a dream cameron life is but a dream and that actually Mm -hmm. it worked shockingly well (laughs) i was like huh that's he may have just stumbled lo- into something profound there, Shatner. <laughs> I also loved at the end, Spock is playing his Vulcan lyre again, an acoustic one, and accompanies Row 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 Your Boat. Mm-hmm. The best. The best. You sound less than enchanted with your function. Well, where do you want to do trivia, pal? Because I have a shit ton oh, on top of what I just said. You, you give me, you give me that trivia. You give it to me, Ratner. I want to mainline that trivia. You give me trivia, and then we can slash, and then we can say what was. Oh, uh, so the the cast universally noted how it was the most physical film of the series, and that it they all say that it reflected Shatner's sensibilities. And, you know, it was a lot of doing what he enjoyed the most, running and jumping. <laughs> <laughs> um, DeForest Kelly particularly was really excited, but he uh, he said that he lost his urge to direct after watching Nimoy and Shatner direct these two. He was like, nope, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, anyway. My favorite little bit of trivia is, you know, when Kirk first gets on the bridge, and he hands his coat to his yeoman. Mm-hmm. Well, it's two jokes, and it's very, very subtle. Um, well, it's a joke and a thing. That's his actual daughter, first of all. Aww. That's Melanie Shatner with the giant hair. Um, but secondly, if you'll notice in the rest of the movie, I mean, in the rest of that scene, she's wandering around with the jacket because, first of all, it's commenting on the fact that yeomans have nothing to do and that there's also nowhere to hang a jacket on the bridge. <laughs> 
funny. Which is true. That's funny. And I love that. I know. I way to go, chat man. Mm-hmm. Um, the probe that the Klingon bird of prey destroyed was Pioneer Ten, which was launched in March 1972, and it became the first probe to pass by and photograph the planet Jupiter. Um, we lost touch with it in 2003, so who knows? It might actually get blown out of the water in, in a couple hundred years by Klingons. Yeah, we just let that that one just went went adrift in, right? Yes. We just sent her out and was like, let's see what happens. Okay. Also, Dead Poet Society was the one I forgot. Oh, Opened shit. Opened the same weekend. <laughs> just fucking doomed it. Doomed. First they canceled TJ Hooker. Now this. <laughs> I know. Um, this is the first film and only film that actually includes Starfleet Marines. The officers accompanying the Kirk and crew down to Nimbus Three are Starfleet Marines. I forgot to say how they looked legitimately tactical for once. <laughs> and it was something that Gene Roddenberry wanted to put in actual Star Trek, but didn't have the money for. Uh... So go figure. Uh, at the end of the film's theatrical run, it was actually run in a double feature with Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, which I would have loved to see. That would have been a hoot and a half. Yep. Um, in typical Shitner fashion, Shitner, <laughs> Shatner fashion. <laughs> William Shitner here. <laughs> He originally wanted Cybok's horse to be a unicorn, and Gene Roddenberry executed all of his power as executive consultant and said, no, no, it'll turn it into a space fantasy instead of science fiction. It's like, yep, that part where they meet God at the end certainly doesn't jump the shark, Gene. (laughs) It's fine. Um, This whole movie was actually inspired by Kirk's view on tele-evangelists in the 80s and how much he hated them. Oh, I like that angle. Me too. He also, in awesome director fashion, scheduled the campfire scenes to be the last ones shot so that the entire cast and crew could have a small celebration together after they wrapped before the wrap party. That is also, that see. Having done some directing before, paid off. He knew. He knew. It does. <laughs> George Takei said his biggest challenge was learning how to ride a horse. But my final favorite. I will talk about all the casting when it comes up in the future. We'll talk about all the double casting and how all these people get to play awesome people in the future. But uh, this is the only Star Trek movie ever to be nominated for and win. The Golden Raspberry Award. It got a Razzie? It did get a Razzie. Oh, did it get Worst Picture? <laughs> yes, it did. It got Worst Picture? Really? It did. It did. Oh, man. That's, uh, I, I, you know, I, I told my, I told my wife, this for me, I think is going to be another Speed Racer. A lot of people hate the theatrical movie Speed Racer that was made by the Wachowskis a few years back. It is wacky, it is zany, but it is visually breathtaking and honestly very well-crafted filmmaking. I love that movie, and a lot of people despise it. And I feel like this is mm-hmm. a, another one of those for me, where I, 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 Cameron, we were both wrong. 
in the future, I'm not going to rewatch two or four. I'm going to rewatch five. Rewatch five. <laughs> I realized that I was like, the bet's off because I'm not going to rewatch either of those. I'm going to rewatch this one. Oh, I bet you will. I'll bet you still rewatch both. Of those. I'll rewatch all of them. Hell, I'll even rewatch <laughs> the motion picture. I'm just going to watch it at one and a half times speed. <laughs> there you go. That's That's a brilliant idea. Darling, are you all right? I need you. Badly. Okay, well, can I slash you a question? Oh, yes, you can. <laughs> God damn, Daniel Crary. This movie was God a farce. Damn. <laughs> just ridiculous. I mean, we are talking the most homoerotic we have ever been, and I loved every second of it. So, as Kirk is climbing El Capitan, um, Spock was like legit flirting with him. Mm-hmm. Like, not even in a, like, oh, witty banter. They're just brothers' way. I was like, no, Spock's, like, thirsty. He's like, why don't we, uh, why don't you hop on? I'll just get you all the way up to the top, and we can see what happens. <laughs> up on top. I'm tired of waiting, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> and McCoy, like their dad. God damn, you're responsible. <laughs> Better be careful, McCoy. I, I just, okay, we'll talk about it when we get to yeah. the quotes, but so good. Um, But yeah, through the whole movie, mm-hmm. just little touches. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, I, I liked when they were locked up together and escaping together and all, and oh, and when Shatner made them beam away McCoy and, and, and Spock. He's like, save my love. <laughs> uh. And my friend. Wait, just a goddamn... Yep. Just goddamn son of a... Irresponsible. And uh, when when Spock uses the rocket boots the second time, he literally sweeps Jim off his feet. He does. I was like, Slashy! Am I am I missing any other good slash moments aside from well, the greatest of all time? I I was gonna say it's the greatest of all time. The rest of it is just small, very subtle things, which if you're watching for it, you will definitely see. Even if you're not watching for it, you will see uh, that this is the greatest love story of all time. Please, Jim, not in front of the Klingons. That was <laughs> I was like. <laughs> And we rest our case. There's gotta be there's gotta be original series fans who are like, they're not gay, they're just best friends. Yes, there are. Uh, but uh, it's such a more interesting and beautiful love story this way. I really prefer this. Me too. It's just it's just the best. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeedy. Yes, indeedy. But uh, bigger slash revelation. So as Scotty and Uhura just been working in the background this whole time and were idiots? No. No, it was it was a new thing. I loved it. Me too. It made it's... perfect sense. I like it so much better than Uhura and Spock. Oh, so much. Especially given... They're just their their temperament for work and their professionalism. Like I can just see them in their, I guess even older age, because let's face it, they're not spring chickens in this movie. Um, 
just, you know, Scotty futzing with stuff, and Ahura, you know, brings him some coffee and gives him a little kiss and a little hug, and then she goes and gets back to her station. Just, you know, they're just, they're so cute. They were were. so cute. And her bringing him (laughs) dinner, I was like, oh. And him genuinely appreciating it. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, no. I have a feeling that's why his last girlfriends didn't work out, because they just didn't understand his his need to fix things and be a miracle worker. Pretty much. But she does. I think having witnessed it for so long, like what's your headcanon for how they got together? What happened where one day they just looked at each other and were like, oh. I honestly think it was on the Shakedown cruise. Like it's it's still very new. Mm -hmm obviously, but I think it's going to last forever. Yeah. I, I'm i imagining that when they were on Vulcan after Search for Spock oh. and Scotty yeah, was, was fixing the warbird up, um, that... It, bird of prey. Bro, yeah, the bird of prey, sorry. that That's okay. <laughs> uh, that How dare you not know all the ship classes yet? <laughs> You probably don't even know which version of the Enterprise that was. Um, <laughs> I I like to think that as the communications officer, she obviously still has duties, and but the ship is docked and they're making repairs. Like it's only natural for her to help out with repairs with mm-hmm. Scotty. They they don't have a crew, and I imagine they just spend a lot of time together and they were swapping stories and reminiscing and there was so much shorthand and there was so much understanding and there was so much empathy where it's like, wow, I've gone through like the last 20 years of my life with this person. And she's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> You're even more fascinating than my bairns. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, God. And she was just like, well, naturally. Um, and then there was the whole the whole time travely bit, and they were both mulling it over in the back of their head through all of Star Trek Four. Um, and then between that one and this one, it just it just happened one night. Yep, during the shakedown cruise, mm-hmm. things are going very poorly, and she went to comfort him, and she really comforted him. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it was honestly, it was it was like you know if you're out at a restaurant and you see uh, a couple that's in their 70s and have clearly been together forever and are still so impossibly in love. Mm-hmm. It was like that. that. It was so cute and so sweet. Now, granted, it lacked the sheer animal lust of Kirk and Spock. It didn't quite that's have that, that almost reptilian animalistic sexual energy. <laughs> but... It uh, it really made me happy. <laughs> I'm so glad. So now I'm hoping that I'll get just one last tiny bit of departing slash from Sulu and Chekhov. If those two get together, then everybody's coupled up and it's great. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, one trouble and two couples. I'm just going to watch in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Get in here, Bones. I'm not that limber, Jim. (laughs) (laughs) 
Don't you have something in your bag to make you limber? Yeah, but it'll eventually it'll <laughs> liquefy my joints. I used it too much when I was a younger man. <laughs> I'm one dosage away from just being a bag of flesh. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Imagine if you stuck Gumby in the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least he knows his limits. He really is a brilliant doctor. <laughs> See, the trick with microdosing LSD is... <laughs> <laughs> One last thing that I would like to say mm -hmm. before we move on to what we hated is that um, several years later, our dear Shatner, he asked for money from Paramount to be to create a special re-release, a director's cut, for so that we could actually see what his vision was supposed to be. And they said, absolutely not. <laughs> They're like, we suck enough money into that fucking thing. <laughs> you kidding me? <laughs> you kidding me coming in here like that? Get back on Boston Legal. <laughs> Paramount shakes its fist. Why, yada? <laughs> you little bastard. I'd give him the money. <laughs> I know, right? I'd love to see that. He definitely, he def. I think after seeing this, I think Shatner has at his core, if you look at original series and his directorial vision for this, I think Shatner thought he was signing up to be Buck Rogers or he was signing up to be John Carter of Mars, like very swashbuckling space adventure captain. I I think that's how it was pitched to him. That's how it was sold to him. But I think over time, based on what Roddenberry really wanted to do, exploring the human condition and the bounds of humanity and space, Base and science, well, not really science. And talking about, well, but talking about issues that were affecting us, but that you weren't allowed to talk mm -hmm. about in any other way. Using sci-fi as allegory for everything. Um, yep. And even if sometimes it was really shitty allegory. I feel like that rubbed <laughs> off on Shatner because this movie, while it has a little bit of that, I want to ride a horse. Let me ride a horse. <laughs> okay. And fine. we're going to put a little horn on it because it's an alien No, horse. God damn it. <laughs> Courtney, while we were watching this, my wife goes, why are there horses on that planet? I was like, I don't know. It was settled by humans. What do you want from me? <laughs> <laughs> but the horses did have little tiny horns that curled up. They looked like triceratops. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> There's your compromise, Gene. Now never speak to me again. <laughs> Gene died shortly thereafter. <laughs> However, um, it definitely... Six years later. It, it, it rubbed off on Shatner, and he got... Um, this movie has those elements, but it also is very much Star Trek. Meeting very meeting much. a super deity, somebody uh, sacrifices themselves, growth of the crew, life-threatening. <laughs> and the person who sacrifices themselves is someone we just met, so it doesn't Who just really met and much. went native. <laughs> yeah. It's a trifecta. <laughs> <laughs> it's the perfect episode of Star Trek. Yeah, this really did feel like some of the best episodes of Star Trek just in like grappling with humanity. And I now that I know it's it's based in uh Shatner's hatred of televangelists, that just makes me so happy. Same. Oh my god, I forgot to mention my absolute favorite thing. The score. Oh, right? It was just perfect and magical and so brilliantly beautiful. I loved every second of it. Yeah. I definitely have a note on that that I just 
blazed past. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's Jerry Goldsmith, which I've gone on record saying is my favorite composer, but it's just, this is why. Everything is so subtle, but so distinct. And it just... Mm, I oh, like the music every time downstairs. we were on the, the Klingon ship. A lot. It had and that's, menace. that's him. It had menace without being without being chintzy. Without it just being like, these are the bad guys now. Bah, bah, bah. <laughs> Yeah, no, there was no chintz at all. And it's the same theme that he created for the motion picture. It's just, it was expanded. So good. I love it. Fucking love it. All right. <laughs> Things that we hate. Go ahead, Cam. Since this is the rare occasion where I'm like over the moon about this movie, I want you to lead off on the the bashing parade. I mean, basically, and I didn't feel it so much this time, but the reason lots of Trekkies hate this movie is because they feel it undermines the character's strengths, like for cheap jokes. Like, you know, when Scott is like, I know this ship like the back of my Boing. hand and knocks himself out. Oh, terrible. Which... I mean, I kind of enjoyed it. It this was time. funny, a, but it was like I'm a God sucker for physical comedy. And I mean, <laughs> you know, it's just I always took it as don't be at least this time I took it as don't be too cocky. <laughs> don't be too penisy. Um But like, you know, the fact that there are seventy four levels on this ship when they're actually not even close to that. You know, it just little things that as far as canonically it just makes people angry. Yeah, and little errors. Little errors, and that's, you know, I mean, what can we expect? <laughs> Shat was too busy. <laughs> I want a three-boobed cat lady dancing here. Can you make <laughs> that happen? <laughs> I was going to say, I I texted Maya when I was watching this, and I was like, I, for, I actually am enjoying this movie so much, and then this shit happens. And I sent her a screenshot of the three-boobed cat lady, and I was like, nope. I really wanted him to go, Emrys? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I knew you left Starfleet, but why are you debasing yourself like this? I don't have any singles on me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and where did your third breast come from? My mind. That's where it came from. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, this feels, this, this has kind of got Shatner written all over it. It definitely does. He was also going to completely redesign the uniforms again, but didn't have the budget. So good, <laughs> right? I think I think it actually worked out very well for him. There is a Picard prequel comic book that's coming out this year. That's going to be about his early days, and the cover is him in this uniform, this era uniform. Um, yes, and, and we actually great. get to see him. As a young man in this uniform as well. Yeah? Nice. In a Q episode in the future. God, he must be a time lord because Patrick Stewart is ageless. He is. I saw him in person and I just about died. So did I. Yeah. he. I mean, he looks the same. Mm -hmm. And it's true the rest of his castmates call him Old Baldy, but they've called him that since the 80s. <laughs> <Right>? So. <laughs> oh, God. Um. Yeah, no, I think 
there's there's def there's moments like that uh with Scotty that were that was irritating. The um I think the resolution with the Klingons was just a little too easy of like just appeal to the the high commander's ego here of like show them that you're still in charge, show them that you still have value, teach them a thing or two. And it's like it feels like you're you're talking about yourself there, Kirk. I'm still relevant even though I'm old. <laughs> Listen to me. Listen to me. <laughs> me. It's me. It's me. <laughs> One of his greatest <laughs> lines of all time. Uh, but yeah, there there's little ways where I think just about everything that happened on on Nibus 3 was kind of all right, come on. Uh, it's 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 a real groany way to start things where the location's yep. gorgeous. And then you get into the camp and it's like, is it just, why does everyone think that space is just going to be seedy cantinas? <laughs> like, that's just what space is going to be. <laughs> you know how we have bars? It's like that, but there's aliens in it. <laughs> and three-titted cat ladies. Three-titted cat ladies. <laughs> Damn it, Shatner. Oh. That's offensive. <laughs> it's, I'm not sure it's taboo, the 80s now. but it is. <laughs> It's the 80s now. Is it offensive to cats? Is it offensive to women? Is it offensive to Andrew Lloyd Webber? (laughs) (laughs) Is it offensive to breasts? Yeah, it's offensive to breasts. (laughs) Uh, My number one favorite complaint, my favorite nerd complaint, which I'm on board with, is that (laughs) there's just no... It's like late Game of Thrones where there's no concession for time we just we just are supposed to accept it even though that the center of the galaxy is 222,400 light years from earth which at the enterprise is supposedly max you know speed would take 35 years to get there huh well i can see considering how careful they've been to explain all the science uh, every time prior to this i can see how that would upset people well, you know, those of us who know this universe very well are like, that would take forever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me introduce you to a little show called Star Trek Voyager. <laughs> no, no, they explain why they got that far. Okay, okay, calm down, calm down. They do. Uh, yeah, my my biggest complaints here, There's there's definitely some shots that are beautifully lit. And then there's a couple where I'm like, I cannot see what's happening here, Shatner. And you're in that scene front and center. You'd think you'd want to figure out how to make yourself look good. That's like your number one priority as a human being. Um, But it, uh, there was no single plot element that was so egregious that I was like, God damn it. There were little groans. This was a series of small deaths, (laughs) Where, uh, you know, there's a line here or a moment there or crewmen standing around doing nothing. <laughs> and it's like, there's well, this is an emergency situation and that guy's just like walking around in the background. Like when they land in the shuttle bay, I was like, why does no one just close the shuttle bay off? Like, it's clearly Scotty sees them and there's guns and they're being marched around and Scotty can't be like, Oh, red alert maybe? I don't know. <laughs> just he just goes I am technically oh, in man, command right I'm now. worried. <laughs> and then he just walks <laughs> away. 
<laughs> where I was like, well, this is this is not inspiring confidence. Although part of me thinks that it's just because Scotty's gotten old enough. He's like, now what the hell was I doing? <laughs> I came in here Absolutely. for a reason. <laughs> That's happening to me in my 30s. So, I mean, God only knows what's happening. Oh, God only knows what I'd do without you. Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. I uh, also loved and hated that we had the return of the rock spire boners. (laughs) Yes! This time it was was a chorus of rock boners. (laughs) Like a rock boner rib cage. (laughs) Yeah. We have any of those lying around from uh, from that other movie? (laughs) Just give me all of those. I wonder if he said that to anyone on the production team. I have had enough (laughs) of you. you. (laughs) Oh my god! I if I was William Shatner, that's how I would discipline my children. (laughs) He said instead of kicking them in the face, that's how he's like spanking his kid. I have had enough of you. Except because he's an actor, oh, they're all no. state they're all stage spanks. He's not like actually hurting them, so they're just laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, I should have learned how to fight for real. <laughs> I'm gonna neck chop you real quick. Oh, it didn't do anything? Damn, Damn it. it. <laughs> what if I put both hands together and make a club with my fists? <laughs> that doing anything? Ah, <laughs> uh, the old fisty club. <laughs> Mm, that the old that's club. that's the one that is the one sixties fighting move that I haven't seen in the movies that I I desperately miss is the old the old finger mace. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Scott to bridge. We've got problems. I enjoyed it so much. I had a great time. I had way more fun than I remembered ever having before. And what was the most fun, Cameron? (laughs) The quotes. There we go. (laughs) Damn it, Bones, you're a doctor. You know the pain and guilt can't be taken away with a wave of magic wand. They're all the things we carry with us, the things that make us who we are. If we lose them, we lose ourselves. I don't want my pain taken away. I need my pain. But still, great line. Loved it. Here's one of my favorites from early on. Captain. Spock, we're on leave. You can call me Jim. Jim. Yes, Spock? Life is not a dream. Go to sleep, Spock. (laughs) (laughs) I loved... I mean, I... Ugh, there are just so many... <laughs> so many. Um <laughs> What's the matter, Jim? I miss my old chair. <laughs> yep. Oh man. What are you doing? I am preparing to toast a marshmallow. <laughs> well, I'll be damned. A marshmallow. Where'd you learn to do that? Before leaving the ship, I consulted the computer library to familiarize. Yeah, before leaving the ship, I consulted the computer library to familiarize myself with the customs associated with camping out. Well, tell me, Spock, what do you do after your toaster, marsher, marshmallows? We consume them. <laughs> I know we consume them. I mean, after that. Oh, 
I believe we are required to engage in a ritual known as the sing-along. <laughs> Although it really felt like McCoy was trying to lead him into, we all strip down and touch each other's nethers. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, what um, do we do after? There was actually the supposed to be. There was actually supposed to be a deleted scene where um, we see McCoy bribing a technician to change the name Marshmallow to Marshmallow in the computer, just to mess with Spock. That's kind <laughs> of he was going to call it out. I know. I. It's great. <laughs> Uh yes, we've been caught in a we've been caught in a blizzard. <laughs> and we can't see a thing. Request you to direct us to the coordinates. Mm -hmm. My visual says sunny skies and seventy degrees. <laughs> so look, the sun's come out. It's a miracle. We are saved. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, fellas. Your secret's safe with me. I'll send a shuttlecraft to pick you up. Uhura, I owe you one. Sulu out. You've got a great George Takai. Just so you know. Especially due today. Mm. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, sickness. <laughs> uh, another fabulous one. I could use a shower. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which was both slashy and hilarious. Yes, yes. I also loved the whole shtick this time, and maybe it's because I'm older, but... I knew I wouldn't die. I've always known I'll die alone. Mm. And it was it struck me as poetic and sad, but also really sweet. Yeah. And yeah, maybe well up a little bit. Right. That was I went, Oh, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um uh what was it? Spock? Yes, Captain. Be one with the horse. <laughs> yes, Captain. <laughs> and then later when Spock says, <laughs> Hold your horses, Captain. <laughs> so I was like, oh man, that's enough cheese to feed a family of four. <laughs> I lost a brother. Yes, I lost a brother once. I was lucky to get him back. You asshole. <laughs> He's such a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said men like us don't have families. <laughs> you <was> asshole. <laughs> Oh. B, as in barricaded. He can't be serious. <laughs> landing plan B. Yep. So that was fun. What the hell is landing plan B? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that was great. I I love their um. I love their use of military code and. And be like, come again? Sorry. Uh, I believe it's a primitive form of communication known as Morse code. You're right. I'm out of practice. That's an S T A N D. End of word. Stand. New word. B A C K. Back. Stand back. Stand back. What are y'all standing around for? Do you not know a jailbreak when you see one? <laughs> <laughs> Just so great. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely, I, I think it might, at least on this round, beat Search for Spock for me too. Because it's just, I had such a good time. Oh, man. 
damn you, sir. You will try. Yep. <laughs> you betrayed every man on this goddamn ship. Worse, I have betrayed you. Slash. <laughs> and so nice. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> they love each other so much. Uh. Jim, if you ask me and you haven't, <laughs> I think this is a terrible idea. We're, go- we're bound to bump into the Klingons, and they don't exactly like you. <laughs> the feeling is mutual. Engine room. Scotty here. <laughs> we need all the power we can muster, mister. <laughs> yes. Fucking loved Muster Mister. Don't you worry, Captain. We'll beat those Klingon devils even if I have to get out and push. Roger, Roger. Well, hopefully it doesn't come to that. Um, I'll tell you one thing, Spock. You never cease to amaze me. Nor I <laughs> myself. <laughs> now, I think it's only it's only proper that we do a couple of Cypot quotes as Sean Connery. <laughs> Well, my Sean Connery is worse than all of my other quotes, so I think you're on your own. But I wanted to bring up one more Kirk Spock McCoy, oh, which is, all I ask is a tall ship and a star to steer by. Melville. John Macefield. Are you sure about that? I am ver- I am well-versed in the classics, Doctor. Then how come you don't know row, row, <laughs> row your boat? <laughs> so good. All right. Cybok a la Connery. Spock, it's me, it's Cybok. After all these years, you finally caught up with me. Don't you have anything to say to me? <laughs> that would have been amazing because you know it's Sean Connery. You pay for the accent. He's not dropping the yep. accent for shit. He had a he had a Ooh. Scottish accent when he played a Russian submarine commander. Uh, yes. The people of your world once believed the world was flat. Columbus proved it was round. Wasn't actually Columbus, but that's fine. They said the sound barrier could never be broken. It was broken. They said warp speed could not be achieved. And I said, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Trebek. Trebek. (laughs) No, it's not possible. I thought weapons were forbidden on this planet. Besides, I can't believe you'd kill me for a field of empty holes. (laughs) Toothless Joe. (laughs) (laughs) Toothless sobbing Joe. Your threats amuse me, Captain Chekhov. What consequences did you have in mind, you little bitch boy? <laughs> Shakari, the source, heaven, Eden, call it what you will. The Klingons call it Quitu. For Romulans, it's Vortava. The Andorian word is, is unpronounceable. <laughs> Still, every culture in the galaxy shares this common dream of a place from which creation sprang. For us, this place will soon be a reality. <laughs> The only reality that I see is that I'm a prisoner on my own ship. What is this power you have to control my, the minds of my crew? I don't control minds. I free them, much like <laughs> panties. <laughs> uh, that would have been incredible. 
but it also would have definitely taken you out of the movie where it's like, huh, so I guess emotional Vulcans just sound uh, Scottish as shit? Scottish. Totally. The question is, who would have been asked to tone down their dialect, Scotty? Or... (laughs) 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 Or... (laughs) Cyborg. I like your engineer. I can't put my finger on it, but he's a good guy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh... Mm, one last one. Mm, surprisingly good. It does have a flavor I'm not familiar with. Aha! That's the secret ingredient. Got any more of that secret ingredient, Bones? Help yourself. <laughs> Am I to understand, Doctor, that your secret ingredient is alcohol? Whiskey! Tennessee whiskey, Spock! Care for a little snort? <laughs> <sighs> a little snort. Just a wee little snort. Just a wee little snort. Could you get that excited over a cup of coffee? Well, Cameron, I feel as though um, there's really only one appropriate rating system for this fabulous film. Yeah. Three titted cat ladies. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. How many three three titted cat ladies would you give this movie? I'm going to give it four and a half. Three titty cat ladies. So that would be quick math, quick math. Thirteen and a half titties overall. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Meow. Thirteen Meow and a half titties, says Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> Meow. Uh, yes, I will say I will say uh four and a half as well. I put this up there. Wow. So I, I like this more than the motion picture. Uh more than Search for Spock, more than Journey Home, and about as much as Khan, but for different reasons. Like Khan, Wrath of Khan is a better movie, but this was this was still really good. I'm shocked it's hated so much. Yeah. Well, what else is new? Right. Everyone's an asshole, and we all have terrible, unqualified tastes. Exactly. So. Oh, God. Well, Cameron, we've only got one more of these bad boys before we uh, shift gears and I get to know a whole new crew and say goodbye to this one. I know. (laughs) And I love them. Well, the nice thing is that hopefully they'll be on Netflix forevermore. And if not Netflix, one or the other. So you can revisit them anytime you want. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to consult your list and re- to help me remember which are my favorite episodes um, so I can have sort of my master list go to. Or I may just let it play in the background of whenever I'm doing shit from now on. Yep. So. Yep, I understand. You know, I know a lot of people do that with Next Gen, but I'm uh, I'm not there yet, you know? I have to pay attention the first time through get emotionally invested you You know i want to see i want to see you know a seven season arc for tasha yar i really want to see what what, how she grows (laughs) over seven seasons yeah that's not gonna happen (laughs) in fact the only returning cast member from season one to two that is female is diana Oh, I'm really gonna i'm gonna have to work pressure comes back i'm gonna have to work on my on my patrick stewart um, because a a poor a bad Sean Connery is a good Patrick Stewart imitation. 
I feel compelled to work on my Sean Bean impression, which has nothing to do with Star Trek, but God damn it. <laughs> well, uh, we have loved it, hated it, quoted it, and rated it. And we will be back next week with Star Trek 6. Six, the Undiscovered Country. Which, if this doesn't have Shakespearean themes, I'm going to be so upset. It does. The whole time. Yes. And it includes one of your favorite people. One of my favorite people. <laughs> Is it you? Were you in this movie? <laughs> no. Aww. I was I was four years old when this movie came out. Mm. One of my favorite people. Well, I guess you'll just have to listen in to figure out who that is, folks. I guess that just leaves one last thing for me to do, and that's for me to wish you all to have a great week, everyone. Keep on trekking. All right, let's see if I can do this. By the way, if I run away, it's because I'm vomiting. Don't mind. Don't. Just just cut it out. <laughs> That'd be great. Or leave it in. I'm sure our audiences would love to hear the sound of... To hear the sound of you, My hurling. classical trained body, you know, using all of its... <laughs> using all of its training <laughs> to expel poison. It's a good time. <laughs> A Secret Weapon Production.